Tommy Wiseau has always been an eccentric dresser, but on a late summer night in 2002, he was turning the heads of every model, weirdo, transvestite, and facelift artist in and around Hollywood's Palm Restaurant. People couldn't stop looking at him. I couldn't stop looking at him. Even today, a decade later, I still can't unsee Tommy's outfit. Nighttime sunglasses, a dark blazer as loose and baggy as rain gear, sand-colored cargo pants with pockets filled to capacity. Was he smuggling potatoes? A white tank top, clunky Frankenstein combat boots, and two belts. Yes, two belts. The first belt was at home in its loops. The second draped down and back to cup Tommy's backside, which was, he always claimed, a point. It keeps my ass up. Plus, it feels good. And then there was Tommy himself. Short and muscular, his face as lumpy and white as an abandoned draft of a sculpture. His enormous snow shovel jaw. His long, thick, impossibly black hair, seemingly dyed in magic marker ink, and currently sopping wet. Moments before we walked in, Tommy had dumped a bottle of arrowhead water over his head to keep this poofy stuff from afflicting his considerable curls. He had also refused to let the Palms valet park his silver SL500 Mercedes-Benz, worried the guy would fart in his seat. At this point, I'd known Tommy for almost half a decade. Tommy and I looked more like Marvel Comics nemeses than people who could be friends. I was a tall, sandy blonde Northern California kid. Tommy, meanwhile, appeared to have been grown somewhere dark and moist. I knew exactly where Tommy and I fit in among the Palms' mixture of Hollywood sharks, minnows, and tourists. I was 24 years old, a minnow like Tommy. That meant we had at least 30 minutes to wait for a table. Upon entering the restaurant, I could see various diners consulting their mental Rolodexes, trying to place Tommy. Gene Simmons after three months in the Gobi Desert? The Hunchback of Notre Dame following corrective surgery? An escaped Muppet? The drummer from Rat? I don't wait in the line, Tommy said, speaking to me over his shoulder. He marched up to the Palms' hostess. I kept my distance, as I always did at times like this, and waited for the inevitable moment in which Tommy spoke, and the person to whom he was speaking tried to make geographical sense of his pronunciation, which sounded like an Eastern European accent that had been hit by a Parisian bus. The hostess asked Tommy if he had a reservation. Oh, yes, he said. We have table reservation. And what's the name? She said, slightly sarcastically, but only slightly, because who knew whether Rat was on the verge of releasing a Greatest Hits album? Her job required carefully hedging one's fame-related bets. Ron, Tommy said. She checked her list. Sorry, she said, tapping her pencil on the page. There's no Ron here. Oh, sorry, Tommy said. It's Robert. She looked down. There's no Robert here either. Tommy laughed. (laughs) Wait, I remember now. Try John. The hostess found the name John near the bottom of her list. 
John, she said, party of four? Yes, yes, Tommy said, summoning me over to bring him one party member closer to accuracy. I don't know who John party of four actually was, but the hostess snagged a wine menu and began walking us to our table. I followed Tommy and the hostess through the palm's dim interior and looked at the dozens of movie star caricatures that lined its walls. There was Jack Nicholson, Betty Davis, O.J. Simpson, which made me wonder, what exactly did you have to do to get banished from the wall of the palm? I noticed some starry faces sitting at the tables, too. Well, maybe not starry, but mid-sized astral phenomena. Sports broadcaster Al Michaels, colleague to my beloved John Madden, Sports Illustrated swimsuit model Josie Moran, the co-host on our local ABC News. There were also lots of faces unknown to me.